things my family did I am not the voices in my head I am not the pieces of the brokenness inside I am light I am light Welcome everyone to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am your host, Amanda Johnson. And I am so blessed to have a very dear friend of mine, a soul sister, a mentor, join me on today's show. I, I appreciate sharing how I know my guests because I think there's something so divine and delicious about how I have met and journeyed with each of these women and men who I have brought onto my show. And today is no different in terms of my incredible pleasure in um, knowing this woman. Marjorie Workington and I met almost a couple, well, a couple of years ago now or so. We were both a part of a life coach training program, mentor master class. And I remember very clearly that very early in our year-long program, we had the opportunity to meet over the phone uh, in a virtual circle of sorts. And she held a sacred space for me to coach me through something. And when that 30 minutes was over, I, I knew, and she and I have spoken about this since, I think we both knew that that was a connection in that moment that was created that would never be severed. And it has not yet. And I don't believe it ever will be. Uh, she and I talk regularly. I believe we have hours, hundreds of hours worth of conversations that we've had and never recorded. And so I'm so excited to record one of them and share it with each of you so that you all can be inspired by her wisdom and our our back and forth um, in terms of how we co-create together in this space. Marjorie is a nature lover queen of women's circles, writer, and life coach with years of life experience and wisdom to share. She is a playful spirit, a book, coffee, and conversation lover, a photographer, maker of yummy soups, and she loves live music, especially jazz and the blues. She is enlivened by connection with other women. Marjorie is a retired nurse who now uses her gifts to facilitate leadership workshops and coach those who are looking for support to move from a place of victim to creating a life that is filled with pleasure and purpose. She is a wife, mother, grandmother, friend, sister, and a daughter of parents who are embracing life in their 90s. Marjorie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amanda. I'm so grateful to spend this time with you and to share our our co-created inspiration, wisdom, and all of the things that flow through us when we meet with others. Because as I said, we, we get to do this every week or so. I'm blessed to say that I have that opportunity. And I don't know, there's just something about those times that are so rich and meaningful. And that is why I enjoy this space in creating these conversations because I think there's so much that comes out of connecting in this way. And so not only for you and I, 
also for those who get to listen in on it. So I'm really excited to have you here. And for those who've listened to the show before, or if you're new, I, I pick a theme or um, a concept to focus on for each show. And I like to ask each of my guests to come to the table with what it is that they stand for, who it is that they believe they are in their being. And from that space, we find a theme. And when Marjorie sent me so many beautiful words and phrases and ideas of who she is, the the word that jumped out at me, um, and it's a, a theme that she and I have certainly talked about before, and I will really dig into it, is this idea of play. So when we think about play and what that means and what that looks like, there is a quote from Eckhart Tolle that stood out to me that I wanted to read. And from this place of hearing what he has to say, we'll, we'll see where our conversation goes. We'll, we'll start to reveal and uncover what play means and how Marjorie finds it in her life, how you can find it in yours, and where, of course, it shows up in mine. So as I read this quote by Eckhart Tolle um, in his book, The Power of Now, I ask that if you can, you can close your eyes or simply be fully present and listen to these words, seeing what truth it brings up in you, what it resonates with inside of you. Eckhart Tolle says, when you realize that on a deeper level, you are already complete, there is a playful, joyous energy behind what you do. And what I love about this quote is that actually in a previous episode, I got to explore joy and how to live a more joyous life. And so I think it's a beautiful opportunity now today to look at the other side of that. In in addition to having a joyous energy behind what you do, there is a playful energy behind what you do. And so Marjorie, I am curious when you think of this, when you hear this quote, when you think of having a playful energy about what you do, what does that look like? What does that mean to you? The first thing I think about when I think about play is that it's something I want to experience more of because as I reflect on my growing up years and my experiences as a young woman and then a midlife woman and now a a woman who is a grandmother, I'm, I'm recognizing that play was often put as a second choice for me, uh, either consciously or not. And so I've become aware in the last while of, of wanting to embrace play for myself. And so to answer your question, what does that mean for me? My biggest teachers around play are my grandchildren. And what I notice with with them and other young children. My grandchildren range in age from four, Dominic was four yesterday, to the oldest is 10 and a half, is that play for them embraces total presence. When they're playing, they're not worried about anything. They're they're not concerned about how it's going to turn out or what they're learning, or is this a, a playtime that's going to be useful for their career? They just love what they're doing. They're creative. They are ready for surprises. They shift their role-playing in the spur of the moment. Dress-up is a big part of it. 
Um, I'm always given a role when I play with them, whether it's Lego or Playmobil. So there's a sense of taking on new characters, trying out new personalities, bad guy one second, no, no, grandma, now you're the good guy. And so there's this element of, of um, freedom and flow. And I notice that for me, play is a, <laughs> um, kind of a bit of a, a letting go. And, and so that's what play looks like for me. Mm, it's being fully present. I love that image of your grandchildren and how they're just, they're fully consumed. They're in the moment. They're not worrying if it's going to be useful for their career. How beautiful. Is is this going to somehow add, you know, value to some other part of their life? They're they're in it. Mm -hmm. And the other piece I really heard you say is how it, it allows for this freedom, this flexibility, this flow to transition from one thing to the next without without overthinking without mm-hmm. wondering well what 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 do i need to do next and 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 allowing it to emerge and be mm-hmm. and sometimes it's inconsistent and that's okay too and mm-hmm. so i love that and what a really powerful reminder to all of us whether or not we are at an age or have grandchildren in our life to to remember that and what a gift they are to you and now through you to each of us, what is that, how does that then, when you then apply this to your life, and you said this is something you want more of, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of questions, and I'll, I'll ask them both and, and take them as you wish. So the one question is, you know, you started to tell us a little bit about why you wanted more of that in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, what, how has that come to be, or what does that look like in terms of why you want more play? Why is it now important to you? And then the other question being, what does that now look like? So when you're not playing with your grandchildren, how do you take those lessons and apply them to what you do and how you create in the world? I love these questions, Amanda. Um, Why do I want more play? Well, I actually resisted the idea of more play in my life. I chose a theme word for this year. It's been a tradition of mine for the last four or five years to choose a word for the year to focus on and grow into and and feel into. And I noticed that that play chose me. And I, I want more lightness. I want more um, letting go, surrender. I want more not worrying about the outcome. I want to be willing to be surprised. I believe there's health benefits to play. I believe that when I can be in this place of lightness and relaxation and being open to what's going to happen next, not over planning my day. I actually think that I'm healthier. My blood pressure is better. My stomach is more settled. I have more energy. I'm more fun to be around. I laugh more. The endorphins are raised. So that's, that's why I want more play. I also believe that when I'm in a playful place, people want to spend time with me. And I'm, I'm looking for people who want to spend time with me and hang out and perhaps work with me as a client or perhaps have fun and play together. And, and so I want more play because I believe the more I play, the more play will find me. So that answers that first part of the question. What does that look like for me practically? <laughs> well, it means that I'm, I'm acting out of my normal character. 
it actually isn't always easy, Amanda. It might sound a bit counterintuitive that here I am choosing to play, and play isn't always just laughter and fun. Uh, anyone who has young children knows that a group of children playing, one or two, even one playing alone, that there can be tears that accompany playtime, disappointments. Oh, I thought it was my turn. Oh, I want to still be that one and you don't want me to. Or the toy doesn't work or the Lego doesn't fit together. And there can be a disappointment and a, a fear and a um, anxiety. And so for me, what does it look like to play is to trust that I'm experimenting. And so when I play and I say, oh, I want to have some time to play today and then things don't turn out the way I thought they might, that I can actually give myself grace to be okay with, with some of the shadow side of play. And you may be asking me about this later, so I won't say too much now, but there definitely is some learning for me around play that has been surprising. In my work, so to be very practical, what does play look like for me in my day-to-day -day is I actually wake up and I remember I am play. That's who I am. And then I set an intention for the day and I look at what my day has for me and I pay attention to what feels playful. What, what do I want to do? I follow my pleasure. And if something doesn't taste good or feel good or if it's not fun for me, if at all possible, I, I don't do it. And that, that's, that's been a new experience for me to, to, to do that and then to recognize that stuff still gets done, even if I'm approaching it from a place of play, because I have more energy and I'm more interested in creating or contacting people or meeting with others, because I have this, this sense of having fun with myself. And so I'm, I'm getting pretty good at, at um, enjoying my own company and, and seeking out play times that might be solitary as well. Mm, I love that. And I'm, what I really appreciate is that you have offered us the reminder that play it, there can be disappointment mm -hmm. and even tears or some sense of conflict or tension you know in mm -hmm. in play and so to remember that it, it may not always feel good when we play mm -hmm. Equally, and we can, we'll, we'll, I think we will get back to that. And there was something else as you were talking that also stands out to me, which is this idea that if, when you show up for your day, you know, is this pleasurable? Will this be fun? Is, how can, where is the play in this? Now, for some of us, we may say, um, even though you have just explained why it actually gets more you helps you get more done you feel healthier more energized all of these benefits there might still be that lingering thought of but I don't have time for that when would I get my real quote-unquote work done etc so how as you and I this is something I by the way love that you are you're currently exploring and experimenting with this is not something you have mastered this is not something that you can say, oh, yes, let me just tell you how to do it, which I, <laughs> I really appreciate, right? Because that's not how life is. That's not how right. we work. That's not often how we teach. So knowing that, I really would love, you know, from your perspective, as you're exploring it and experimenting with it, you know, 
either when you face that that voice in your head that says, well, Marjorie, mm-hmm. what about mm-hmm. your work, right? How mm-hmm. do you confront that voice or maybe the voice of someone else who would say the same thing? Yeah, you. Um, it's definitely true. I, I'm in the middle of this. This is my learning edge. And so um, one of the things that came up for me recently was in my personal relationship with my husband. And, and um, one of the stories or the, the conceptions or the, the supposition I had, if I choose the word play for this year, Marjorie is going to end up being lazy and irresponsible and disconnected from other people, selfish. She's going to be um, really not, not contributing. And, and that was my fear. I, I actually thought about those things and I didn't want to choose this word because I was worried if I embraced play, that's what would happen. And so here's what did happen is, is I'm learning this and I tend to be quite black and white. And so I think either I'm playing and then I totally play. And, and, and my story about play is, well, then I'm, I'm not communicating with anyone. I'm just all about me and I'm going to be a two-year-old again. And so as you ask me, what am I learning? This is, this is kind of telling one of myself because I did take a day to play a few weeks ago and I turned my phone off and I didn't communicate with my husband and I, I had a great day. And then I got home and walked in the door and was greeted with, why didn't you answer my text? I, I didn't know when you'd be home and I didn't know if I had to cook or what's going on. And immediately my shame button was triggered. I I had this experience of seeing myself as unworthy, not enough. And I thought, okay, this proves it. Play doesn't work. There. I knew it wouldn't. And with some help from you, Amanda, and from some of my other coaching colleagues and my husband, who is is very gracious at listening. And once we got over the the rough few hours of, of, of each of us being right and the other being wrong, I realized that, okay, Playing doesn't mean that I don't communicate with people who care about me. And I, could, I can still be in touch with folks. And I can say, I'm having so much playing. I'll be home in a couple of hours. Don't worry about cooking tonight. Doesn't mean that I'm not playing if I, if I stay in touch, in this case, with my husband, who, out of his love and concern for me, wanted to know what was up. It wasn't a control thing at all. And so that's that's one of the things I'm learning, Amanda, is that is that I'm experimenting and I'm learning a new skill and I'm practicing. And I think the biggest thing for me is to have compassion for myself and to talk to myself the way I talk to my little grandbabies when they're crying and are disappointed or having a little upset in their playtime. I can talk to myself that way and reassure myself that it's going to be okay. I can I can I can do this. And I'm not going to give up on play. Mm. What I love about that story is that you're you are you're playing with play. You're you said it. You're experimenting, <laughs> and how powerful! Because I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're, you're playing with this concept of play, which is what mm. we do. Which is what we and and well, we can choose to do that, or we can choose where you know what you could have done, which was determine well this is what I want whether or not it's play more joy um I don't know more ease more spacious we could we can set these concepts and then if we aren't willing to experiment with them 
we can immediately come to a conclusion that, well, it's not working or it has to look like this. And so, of course, your the concept, the, the thing you want more of is play. And in order to really cultivate that, you need to practice play and, and compassion and forgiveness and experimentation. And what I also love is that you weren't afraid to face the fears and the shame that came with it. So by saying, wow, these are my these are my beliefs around what it means to play. Um, and and even be, and of course, you even got to prove that to yourself because, mm-hmm. well, this is what play <laughs> me. Play is selfish. And then here I go. I'm going to go be selfish, quote unquote. And then you were willing to look at the shame, face it, and then play again. And this time with a new lesson. You know, again, if we think of our children or our the children we watch, they may go out and play. And, um, you know, this, I remember this image, I was watching a girl going across the monkey bars and she kept falling and she'd go and fall and go and fall. And I'm watching her. I'm thinking, wow, I'm, I'm amazed she hasn't just given up yet. Mm-hmm. Right? I really assume she would have, but she didn't she could try a new way of getting across so that she mm-hmm. could actually get across the play, mm-hmm. the, the, the monkey bars. And I, I hear that's what you're doing. You're, mm-hmm. you're saying, you know what, that, that version of play didn't work. I, you know, may, the next time I'm going to turn my phone on and respond to the message because that can still be play. That can mm-hmm. still get me across the monkey bars. So mm-hmm. opening up what play even looks like mm-hmm. is so powerful. Thanks for that, Amanda. I love that picture. I mean, I, I have spent many hours at playgrounds these days, and it's so true. It's not a, a mistake or a uh, an accident or a, a chance to give up if, if kids fall or if they they just keep going again and again and again. It's wonderful. And they're having fun while they do it. It's not like I've got to do this 50 times because I need the exercise. They just are moving and doing it and loving it. Exactly. And I think that for me, I exactly. Yeah. It's, I got to do it more because then I'm going to be a better yeah, person, yeah. right? No, yeah. they, they, that's not even in their consciousness yet. And what I love mm-hmm. is that to me is where we can take this sense of play playfulness, um, apply it to our work or our duties or anything else. Um, because again, I think there can be the misconception that like you face all of your fears that play is frivolous and selfish and it keeps me, it's lazy. Right. And I won't be, I won't contribute. And yet that doesn't have to be true. And again, we can look at the children as an example of how they Actually, they probably show up more often um, mm-hmm. in that playful spirit. What do you think about that in terms of saying, "Well, great, I'm gonna my work doesn't need to quote unquote suffer." I mean, you you're 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 a coach. You are building a business. You are you know you've transitioned out of a very stable you know full time job. You've you've retired from that. And now you're transitioning into a new phase. And how can you? How are you allowing play to complement this part of your life instead of just you know distract from it or take away from it yeah that's that's a big question amanda it's 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 a powerful reflection for me and i won't be i won't pretend that i don't quite know how to answer that i i'm i'm in the middle of that i do believe here's what i do believe is that i want to live a life that is filled with pleasure and joy and I want to love myself so much that I have overflowing love for other people in my life. And so 
my mandate really is to is to love Marjorie and forgive her and to remind her, remind myself that timing isn't always what I think it will be. This is this is this is really up for me lately. As I get impatient, I want to get an answer to that email. I want to know that person is going to say yes or no, at least get back to me. Or do you want to work with me or not? And this waiting and letting go of what I don't have control of is, is, um, is the edge for me. And what helps me rather than slipping into anxiety and frantic obsessing about it is to remind myself, okay, if I am play, then I take care of myself and I, I um, move through my life in a way I seek support. I, I do my routines of writing regularly and coaching the clients I do have and meeting with the women's circles that I host. And I am open to the possibility that there are people who haven't met me yet and that are looking for someone to play with. And, and I want to Remind myself of that. And Amanda, I, I'll tell you, it's not always easy for me. I have my dark mornings or my nights when I'm awake at three in the morning wondering, what, what am I really doing here? It, it's not all um, light and ease. It, it's, there, there's dark times. And I come back to what's really true for me. And that is, first of all, one of the things I love most about you is your willingness to your willingness to be vulnerable, to say, this is where I am. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. There is, such, there is such maturity and wisdom in that, mm-hmm. um, which I know is such a gift that you have not only to offer me, but so many others. And I hear that you are willing to say, yeah, again, like you said earlier, sometimes we play and it ends in tears, it ends in fighting, whatever it is. And so I appreciate that you see that quality, that it's not always easy. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't feel like playing. And yet you have, a, you have this willingness to be compassionate with yourself. And I think that's mm-hmm. so powerful. Thank you. The other thing, Amanda, if I can interject here that just came to me as you were reflecting for me so beautifully, is that I find for myself that what what keeps me going is conversations like this. So one of the things you ask me, how do I play? And I talked a little bit about solitary play is the other thing I do is I seek out playmates. So I will reach out and, and ask for conversations or I'll send an email to a friend or I'll phone someone and say, I, I, would you have a moment? I'd love to grab a coffee or even talk on the phone because I'm, I'm, I'm not doing great today. I, I'd like some encouragement. And, and so that, that's one of the practical things that I do to, to remind myself of, of um, what play can look like and that I'm not alone in this. And people see me, then they reflect the way you just did. So you see things in me I might not see in myself, and then I'm reminded of who I really am. And I think that's, that's something that maybe is a good invitation, uh, a possibility for people, should they be willing to say, tell me, tell me who I am for you. And then that can be a bit of a, a touch point at a dark day. Mm, that's lovely. And I, and I do, I appreciate that, the power of that as well. As you were speaking, for some reason, this 
also came up. So either it was in something you said or, or simply the energy behind it, which is that this idea of being um, in a playful state or approaching life with a more playful attitude, there is, I also get the sense that it, we don't have to take it so seriously. Mm -hmm. And, and so while, again, that doesn't mean we don't skin our knees or there's a dark moment, all of those things can still happen. And it feels like the, the seriousness or the, the heaviness, the severity of it might be lifted a bit. And I'm curious mm -hmm. if you've also been exploring that or noticing that or see how that might show up for you mm -hmm. or for others. Well, what I think of when you mention that, Amanda, is, is the, um, the experience I've had in the last few months, I would say, of sorrow in my life. So my parents are aging and my mother is very frail in her memory. And so I've experienced sadness with, with the loss of the mother that I used to have. And, and what I've noticed is in service of me not being so black and white and saying, okay, now I'm going to be sad about my mom and I can't be happy. Today's going to be a, a, a sad day, not a play day. And I'm recognizing that sadness and play and grief and joy are um, able to coexist. And um, the other piece that I'm learning is that tears are healing. And if tears come to me or my heart is heavy, the more I resist it and say, oh, no, no, I shouldn't do that. I want to play. I'm not going to cry. The more I feel sad and heavy. So I'm learning to allow the tears and the sadness to flow when they come up. Or when I get an email that my mom is, you know, something has occurred that that's causing me some sadness, that I, I notice it and I, I face it, I move through it, allow it to move through me. And the same way that, um, again, the metaphor of children, the tears can be over, you know, overflowing, and then they're able to have a hug and off they go and they're laughing. And so can I, can I allow my emotions to, to be present for me and to be curious about that and not make myself wrong because, oh, no, no, I wasn't going to cry today. This was going to be a happy day. I don't believe that anymore. I believe that tears and happiness and play and sadness can, can be present all at the same time. That is huge and so powerful. The coexistence, the... Um the ability to embrace all of it, the mm -hmm. fact that we can cry in one moment and then laugh in the next. And mm -hmm. this idea, and I, I'm interested that I even, I chose that word seriousness. And I, I was thinking a little bit more about that as you were speaking, or I was making that connection that sometimes it's me, you know, it could be that I'm thinking, well, I, I don't need to take things so seriously. And that almost keeps me from allowing the emotions to mm -hmm. flow. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm thinking, well, I can't take it seriously, I might then resist. Right. To your mm -hmm. point, I might say, no, 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 this is a play day. This is a happy day. I can't be serious mm -hmm. in this moment. Mm -hmm. So there's while I do believe there can be less. We, not everything needs to have this serious, heavy thought. You know, everything has a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And just because it's not serious doesn't mean I still can't feel the emotion mm -hmm. and cry mm -hmm. and let the tears flow. There's such beauty in that. Again, I love that you keep coming back to the children because that is so powerful. We do. I can see them screaming in one minute and then they're out playing in the next. Very beautiful. And how you're able to bring that to your life. Something else came to me and, and um, 
not sure. Well, I'll just say it because it's on my on. It came it came up. There's a lot of of heaviness in the world right now, whether it's politically or economically or with different ethnic groups or family members very ill, um, whatever. You pick it. There's there's heaviness in the world and on a grander scale as well as on on a personal uh, note. And so uh, in the past, I may have thought that I don't deserve to be happy because there's so much suffering. And I don't believe that anymore. I believe that as I am filled with joy, as I choose play, as I create a loving relationship for myself and for those loved ones in my sphere of influence, I actually am a transformative power and I am making a difference to the suffering in the world in a way that I wouldn't if I was not going into that place of joy and love and play. Incredible. I'm just, my body was totally lit up as you said that. And that is so, so true. And I actually, I was just um, revisiting something that I had written very recently. And it was around a similar belief that I had transformed or, or, you know, certainly in the process of seeing a new way, which is my suffering does not lessen yours. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, just because your suffering doesn't mean I have to actually, to your point, I'm going to be less effective. Um, and most likely even less capable of of shining the love and the compassion. And it doesn't mean that we can't, you know, certainly feel the pain mm-hmm. and um, and acknowledge it and be with it because that's part of that. But I love what you said that you are still worthy and and allowed to experience joy mm-hmm. and play amidst suffering. And the heaviness of the world. And it's through that that you might have a more transforming impact, which is so incredible. That's what I desire. And it's also linked to the idea of there's enough play and joy to go around for all of us. And so for me to hold back and to minimize what I'm enjoying or celebrating or the play opportunities I have because somebody else isn't able to experience that or their life is tough right now. So I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to take, you know, offend them. To me, that's such a deficit way of thinking. And I deeply believe that there is abundance in me fully embracing the joy and the gifts and the play and the fun in my life and sharing it widely and being excited about it unapologetically and not worrying because, oh, what if people are jealous of me or what if they can't do what I can do? So I shouldn't really toot my own horn or talk about it too much. I do not want to go there. I want to be out there and live life loud and and be seen and celebrate and, and have people want what I have. It's so powerful, Marjorie. That is so powerful. I can feel it when you say it. And that is such a gift. And I, I know that those listening can hear the power in what you're saying. And I, I invite those listening to let that sink in and use that as the reminder, as the inspiration to live out loud and to not fear that there isn't enough to go around or in some way you might offend someone by being in your joy. That is tremendously powerful. What else, you're welcome. What else is, is lingering? What maybe has been, um, has gone unsaid? Is there anything else around what you're exploring 
living, playing with that you wish to to share with us? I don't think so, Amanda. I feel right now in this moment really clear. Your questions have have honed a clarity in me so that I'm I'm pretty passionate about about the word play right this minute. I feel really <laughs> happy that I ch- that it chose me. And so, you know, there's nothing nothing else. I I'm I'm complete. I I want to go and play. <laughs> I love it and I can keep playing. Clarity. <laughs> Incredible. Well, then let's then then let's pivot to play with a little bit more of who you are and what inspires you. I ask these questions of each of my guests at the end of each show. So, I look forward to hearing your answers. The okay. first question is who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Who is the source of inspiration for me and why? I'm, I'm struggling with, with um, naming one person or one thing. I'm thinking back. So this is one example. There's, there's probably others, Amanda, that I could, I could share. However, when I worked in, in nursing, I, I spent quite a few years working as a community health nurse. And one of the things that that I learned during that time and I was part of teaching was the whole idea of of working with overburdened families from the standpoint of the gifts in their lives and and the abilities that they had rather than focusing on their problems. And so that whole period of time, it's more of an idea that inspires me is the idea that Every person has has gifts, whether it's people in their lives or things that they can do that can help them to overcome the roadblocks that they are facing. And so I would say that what in what's the source of my inspiration is looking for the gifts in people, starting with myself and then in others that I that I serve or that come into my world. And and how can those gifts really support them in overcoming what they might see as insurmountable roadblocks or barriers to their dreams. So that idea of, of looking for what I want more of, looking for the gifts in people, that, that really is, is a touchstone for me. What a powerful way to answer that question. It was really, um, I enjoyed that answer and, and what you uncovered for us with that. So thank you. The second question is then, what place or activity is most inspiring to you right now? Oh, the ocean. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live by, by the ocean in Vancouver, British Columbia. And I would say I love walking on a stormy day when the wind is, the waves are crashing and it's cold and it might be sunny or it might be rainy. And, and I am inspired by the ocean and the, um, the beautiful rhythmic foreverness of it. <laughs> I don't think that's a word, but the, the, <laughs> the, the tides come and go. It doesn't matter what else is going on in my life. I can, be, I can rest assured that the tide is going to come in and it's going to go out. And if I sit there and watch the waves, there's a wave that comes in and then another one is going to follow it. And I, love, I just love the ocean such power again in that metaphor in the literal ocean um, and how we can then transfer that to our own understanding of the world and what I really appreciate about your answer is that it was that you 
for whatever reason, specified a stormy day with the wind and the waves crashing. And I'm, I, I appreciate that is potentially unique to you in a way. I mean, there I'm sure other people who appreciate that. And yet, perhaps I was expecting you to say, oh, it's a beautiful day and it's calm and it's warm. No, it, it was this, this other quality that you described. And I, I just love that you offered us that version of the ocean and, mm-hmm. and uh, inspiration as well. The third question, and this is another one where you may have many, many to choose from. And, and this would be an opportunity to think of if there's one that stands out, or maybe it's just a, a current one you're reading. But if there's a book that you have read that has served as a, a source of inspiration for you on this journey, what would mm-hmm. that be? Well, I am a woman in, um, I don't know what, what season to call it. Some people call it the third season. Um, I'm, I'm a grandmother. I've, I've had a career. I, I graduated from that career. I'm now starting another business. I've been um, married for over 40 years. I, I'm in that stage of life where, where there's a choice that I had to to either um, coast or to create. Not that I, I'm, and it's not a judgment. It's more what I wanted. So, so when I when I uh, left my job, my full time job, I I knew that there was there was learning for me. And and um, um, so was it a book? The book that popped into my mind as you asked me that, because of the stage of my life and because of some of the things I'm learning, is the book by Dr. Christiane Northrup called um, Goddesses Never Age. And and I was inspired by that book. And she actually, it came out a couple of years ago. And, and the idea that getting old is a given. The years pass by and, and I'm having a birthday next week and, and there's no choice about that. There's another year, another candle on my cake. I think I need about 10 cakes to get all the candles on it. However, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the idea of aging and, and whether that's physical or emotional or sexual or with my spirit. And so I, I have been inspired by her book. So that's the one that popped into my mind. And so I'm going to, I'm going to say that's the one right now that, that is inspiring me and that has really helped me to embrace a playful, youthful spirit as well. Beautiful. Ah, wonderful. And, and certainly a book that I haven't yet heard offered yet on this show. So another gift to each of us. Um, so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So now the question, it turns a little bit more to you in terms of what you are creating. Um, what are you working on that, that is inspiring you and lighting you up? Okay, yes. Um, the first uh, thing I'll share is, is my joy in, in um, hosting Circles of Women. And so I'm fortunate to have um, a couple of, of circles that are in different locations that meet monthly. And I am embracing the opportunity to play with these women, to create a safe place where they are learning about the beauty of vulnerability, shining love onto vulnerability so that shame doesn't exist anymore it shrivels up and dies so that there's a sense of support so women's circles is something that i'm i'm passionate about and love hosting i'm also really uh, enjoying my writing 
and I am writing for myself. I have a blog post I, I send out every couple of weeks on my website, and I honestly wonder sometimes if if very many people read it, and then all of a sudden I'll get an email or someone will say, "Oh, that was that was really that really resonated with me." And I think, "Oh, oh, oh, that's great." And so what I've done, Amanda. Is, is relaxed about who am I writing for? Who's my audience? My audience is Marjorie and my writing is for me and I learn as I write. And the beautiful, playful part of that is that often there's people who can resonate with it and get something out of it. So there's my writing. And then I'm a coach as well, a life coach. And so I um, am looking for clients. I have several one-to-one clients. And I'm I'm longing for for more people to um, play with and to journey on this path of of finding a life that is vibrant and where where we can be creating our experience in a powerful way. Mm. Incredible! And what I loved so much of what you said, and one thing that stood out around you or your audience, and and whether that's who, whether or not that's you know who you're writing for or who even you're calling in as a client. And I think so often we move so far away from that and we think that it's somebody else. You know, there's got to be someone else out there that I'm doing this for. And the power is when we shift it back to us. And I say this a lot in terms of even this radio show. I, I started mm. this for me. <laughs> I started this for me. And I'll be honest, I, um, it may or may not follow the other standard, if there is even a standard way of, of you know, growing and being shared in, this, in the world. And yet... I know deep down there's a, a trust that I have that because I knew my audience was me, then by extension, and I think Liz Gilbert talks about this and she even may be quoting someone else. So it may not even originate with her, but this idea that it's like when we do things from a place of love, by natural extension, it will inspire and touch and help others. But that mm-hmm. sense of love for ourselves is where it starts. So I just, I love that that's, something else you're learning and playing with in terms of doing it for you. So now where, yes, where can people find you? Where can they reach out? Um, of course, we'll put this in the notes as well, but in right. case you're just yeah. listening yeah. and driving. So I do have a website. It's uh, marjorieworkington.com. And as I mentioned, there's, um, um, I write fairly regularly for about a year now, every two weeks or so. So there's my blog post there. There's a way of contacting me on my website. Uh, that they can uh, also email me at marjorieworkington at gmail.com. And um, I love meeting with people, seeing if there's a fit, having a discovery session, I call it. It's complimentary. A playtime together to see if we want to play together further, or perhaps I can refer somebody else that might be a better fit. I have a lot of beautiful coaching colleagues who are partners with me and love to um, work together in that way as well. Wonderful. Well, again, for those listening, it's MarjorieWarkington.com, and I will put her um, website, and um, you can link to her Facebook, etc., wherever you find this episode. So I do invite you to reach out, read her blogs. If if anything that she has said today resonates, um, strikes you, then listen to that calling. That's what this is all about. That's what this space is all about. Um, It's about inspiring one another it is about being inspired so if something inspired you certainly move forward take action on it and um, and see what comes from that i always appreciate these times that i get to share with my dear sisters and 
mentors and friends and with all of you listening. Marjorie, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you. And for those listening, if you have not yet already, you can always subscribe to this show, Being Inspired Radio, on iTunes. And until next week, many blessings. of the brokenness inside